0: Hi, welcome to the latest episode of The Awardist, the podcast for Emmy voters, TV fans, and my mom. I am Henry. I am here with two of my colleagues and friends, Lynette Rice. Hello, hello. And Kristen Baldwin. Hello, Kristen. Hi, how's your mom feeling about The Bachelorette this year? Oh, that's a really good question. She is hating The Bachelorette this year. The second biggest Bachelor Bachelorette fan in the entire country behind Kristen Baldwin is my mother. Kristen, however, but we haven't even talked. How are you feeling about The Bachelorette this year?
1: You know what? I have some... Kind of weird, like Stockholm syndrome, where no matter what uh, happens, no matter who the contestants or the bachelor or bachelorette is, you know, I'm always, I always watch it and I'm like, oh, it was a good season. So I think this one's a little more interesting than usual. There's a lot about this one particular guy named Luke, who's really obnoxious, but there's also a dreamy guy named Mike, who I am dying to be the next bachelor. So every time he makes it through another rose ceremony, I figure one step closer to having our first black bachelor, and his name is Mike.
0: Kristen, you and I are in a hundred percent agreement about that. He is smart and seemingly successful and super hot. So like, like bring him bring him on as The Bachelor.
2: Seemingly successful. That's
0: (laughs) he has a job. It sounds like a real job, too. Doesn't it, Kristen?
1: That's like half the battle. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's some kind of financial planner or something. He's also a model, like as they all are. But like, he didn't have to put like unemployed or former NFL player as his occupation. He has a job.
0: I want to give an Emmy to the person who writes the Chirons, which are the job descriptions on The Bachelor, because that person is a brilliant genius and I love him or her. And I think my favorite is the season that they had on twins and they were just identified as twins. I know this can make me sound really old and I'm OK with that. We were talking we were talking the last episode about Love Island and one of the contestants just identifies herself as an Instagram influencer. That's the new VIP cocktail waitress.
1: Yeah, but but it has become a legit job. I mean, half the time people go on these shows so that they can get Instagram, you know, endorsements, uh, deals later.
2: But that's probably where they found them too as contestants. And so they have sponsors. So unfortunately, this is a, you know, a real bona
1: fide job. We get the reality we deserve, I guess. But yeah, she's definitely, she's an Instagram influencer. That's her job. Her job. Her job is Instagram.
0: And the other thing about some of these Love Island contestants is like they're 20 or 22, which is 20 is not legal drinking age in the US. I guess it is in Britain. But the 22 year old is like some kind of like advanced scientist. I'm like, how did you get so many degrees by the time you're 22?
1: And also like, why are you on the show? The first
2: episode I watched of the UK version was when all the dudes had masks on and then the women had to just go over and down the line and kiss each one of them. And then the guys rated the the quality of the kiss. And I mean, it was all sorts of like, good God, you know, and watching these girls do that. You can tell that they were definitely not into it with certain dudes. Anyway, I wonder if they're going to do that line of blind kissing in
0: the American version this Oh time. god, I hope so. But to bring this back to Emmy's for just a second, Kristen... it Has The Bachelor ever been nominated?
1: It's absurd. It's never once been nominated. And I don't, you know, just advocate for it because I'm like fully in the tank for The Bachelor. Like this is actually a show that is constantly imitated, yet every imitation fails. It is more in the zeitgeist than it has ever been before. It's beautifully shot. It's, you know, perfectly edited in terms of uh, creating storylines. It just like dating shows and stuff like that. There's a little bit of a snobbery in the Emmy voting uh, they don't really reward shows like that. They reward the quote-unquote classier shows like your Amazing Races or your Antiques Roadshow or whatever. But they've never once uh, sort of deigned to acknowledge the phenomenon that is
0: The Bachelor. I remember when that Reality Category Award was created, and for the first few years, it was like for the first few I felt like nine years, Amazing Race was the only show that won. And now
1: they're, they're, you know, they have split the categories. They have, like, reality competition and unstructured and structured reality and that kind of thing, but they still... Refuse to sort of acknowledge sexier or sillier or soapier reality shows, just like they don't acknowledge soap opera in general. Like we talked uh, last time about like Melrose Place, they've never really acknowledged that show, which was such a huge hit and really well done for a long time.
0: All right, so we are doing the opposite in this episode because we are talking about lead actors in a drama. <laughs> Which couldn't be more far further from reality shows. Um, Lynette, do you want to take us through some of the previous nominees and um last year's category and who won?
2: Winners. Uh Jeff Daniels from the newsroom. Wow, that was in 2013. Uh, in uh, 2014, Brian Cranston it uh, looks like he won his final one for uh Breaking Bad. 2015, John Hamm finally took home uh, the Emmy for Mad Men. Uh, 2016, this was a big win. Love it uh, when rookies win for Mr. Robot. And in 2017, Sterling K. Brown won for This Is Us. Uh, In 2018, Sterling was nominated once again, Anthony Hopkins for Westworld, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Liev Schreiber for Ray Donovan, Kevin Spacey for House of Cards, Milo Ventimiglia for This Is Us, and the winner was the much-deserved Matthew Rhys
1: for The Americans.
0: That was such a surprise win and such a lovely win. I don't think a lot of people would have picked him, and um, it was great that he prevailed.
1: Yeah, that show finally got some Emmy love
2: toward the end. It was nice, too, when the, I can still picture when the camera cut to Carrie Russell in the audience when uh, he won, too. And she was so proud.
0: Before Sterling K. Brown won in 2017, the last actor to win for a broadcast show was James Spader, who played Alan Shore on Boston Legal in 2007. So it had been a decade. Um, Kyle Chandler did win for Friday Night Lights in 2011, but that was the last season that um, ran first on DirecTV um, before it ran on NBC. And so DirecTV was giving credit for the win.
2: Total make-good on that one, too. It took him a long time to get to that.
0: I know. The other thing about Sterling K. Brown's win that was so uh, monumental is the last African-American to win in this category was Andre Brower for Homicide in 1998. So it took almost 20 years. Kristen, why don't you take us through some of the most nominated actors and the most awarded actors in this category?
1: Okay, some of the most nominated actors are Raymond Burr, Peter Falk. Dennis Franz and John Hamm. As we mentioned, you know, John Hamm finally just won his award in 2015. Multiple wins in this category. Brian Cranston, four wins for Breaking Bad, and Dennis Franz, four wins for NYPD Blue.
0: Remember when he showed his butt and that was so controversial?
1: I can picture his butt too, yeah. <laughs>
0: you could still picture his butt? A little squatty. Kristen, what is the award that they should give in this category?
1: Well, as you know, last week, we uh, I sort of vented about certain networks and shows on those networks not getting recognized by the Television Academy. So uh, I created the All WB, UPN, CW, Fox Emmy Awards. And last Week we did lead actress in a WB, CW, UPN, or Fox drama. So to be fair, this week we're going to do outstanding lead actor in a WB, UPN, CW, or Fox drama. So here are the nominees, and you guys will have to pick a winner. Adrian Pazdar for Profit. Scott Speedman for Felicity. poor One Out, Luke Perry for Beverly Hills, 90210. Thomas Calabro for Melrose Place. Scott Wolf Party of Five. And finally, James Vanderbeek, Dawson's Creek. This is tough. I would like to give it to them all. Who would you guys pick?
0: I have a winner that just, like, my first reaction, Scott Wolf from Party of Five was so amazing. The the Baileys and Alcoholics storyline is one of my favorite storylines of the entire 90s, and he just did that so well, and that's where my heart goes, but these are all very deserving men.
1: It's hard. You really do kind of have to vote with your heart because they could all deserve it. What about you, Lillianette? I'd go Scott Wolf, too. I just love that show.
2: I, I uh, oh, he he was so sweet. He was so great in that show. And I'm just so pained that they want to revisit that show in kind of a different iteration now. They're talking about this. I hate that.
1: Yeah, everything's getting a reboot. Well, okay, I'm torn because obviously I have deep, deep love for Luke Perry, who is fantastic as Dylan on Beverly Hills 90210. And of course, we lost him recently, and it's still very sad. But then again, Profit was such a good freaking show. If I could give it to them both, I would. But I think I just got to go with Luke Perry. I feel like recognizing his later body of work, too. He was great
0: on Riverdale. So let's go with Luke. Lynette, what are snubs that still hurt in this category?
1: The big
2: one. Big one. Martin Sheen never won for playing Josiah Bartlett on the West Wing. I feel like if he's going to win an Emmy, this will be the last chance with Grace and Frankie, which just does, he's great on that, but it just doesn't seem right that he didn't win for playing the president. There's also David Duchovny for The X-Files. Michael C. Hall for both Six Feet Under and Dexter. Say it ain't so. This one is just nutty. Hugh Laurie for House. Come on! George Clooney for ER, just because he's all Clooney. And, of course, Sam Hewen for Outlander.
0: How <laughs> to get that one in there, did you? I got a quiz for the two of you. Are you ready? Okay, it's 1982. Who won the Emmy for Best Actor in a Drama? Was it Ed Asner, who played Lou Grant on Lou Grant? John Forsythe, who played Blake Carrington on Dynasty? Daniel J. Travanti who played Frank on Hill Street Blues? James Garner, who played Brett Maverick on Brett Maverick? Or Tom Selleck as Magnum P.I. on Magnum P.I.?
1: Garner. Trevante.
0: Good call, Kristen.
1: Oh, Wow.
0: He played Frank on Hill Street Blues.
1: It's about time you won, Kristen. It's about time I got one right.
0: Hooray. This next question's difficult, but if you put your minds to it, you're gonna get to it very easily. In nineteen ninety-five, there were five actors nominated for best actor in a drama, but they only represented three shows. What three shows did they represent? ER. Yes.
1: The West Wing. No. NYPD Blue?
0: Yes. You're almost there. Chicago Hope. Yes. Okay. So the nominees were George Clooney, Anthony Edwards, Dennis Franz, Jimmy Smits, and Mandy Patinkin. Who won?
2: The Patink. The Patink.
0: Yes. Final question. It's 2002, and the nominees are Michael C. Hall, Peter Krause, Martin Sheen, Michael Chiklis, and Kiefer Sutherland.
2: Oh, okay. I got this. I got it. I got this one. This is all mine. No one else talk right now. Everyone be quiet. Let me talk.
0: Michael Chiklis. Lynette, I just did that one to bait you. Yes. (laughs) It was indeed Michael Chiklis.
2: That was such a huge deal. This is one of those rare moments where an underdog wins after the first season. And these are the moments that you cherish the most about the Emmys. It signifies that the voters
1: are paying attention. Because you don't always get that. You cherish it particularly. Um, as listeners may not know, unless we've talked about this before, Lynette has a real like thing for Chick You have a, an autographed photo of him that I believe sits a few feet from your desk. He signed personally. And it was from his first season
2: when he got his weight really low. And he was just like all muscle and bones. And, um, and he won. And I... It was, it was great. But this is also, to me, I put this in that same category as like Archie winning after a first season and Good Wife. It's just, it's nice when they recognize when a really unique show hits the scene and they put, get, give an award for it.
0: Hooray for chickless. All right, moving on. We are going to our draft picks for best actor in a drama. And you guys went first last week, so I am going first this week. And my first pick is Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, who has been a nominee for um, every year that the show has been on. And of course, he was a winner in this category. Who's a winner in uh, Best Limited Series and Actor in that category. He's extraordinarily talented, um, playing Randall on This Is Us, and um, has been the most nominated actor on the show. And I think he's going to get a nod again.
2: I will go next. I'm going to pick Richard Madden for The Bodyguard. He's not playing that overly confident and prideful Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. In Bodyguard, he plays this broken, personal security man who you want to both root for and just give a big ol' hug to.
1: I love, love him.
0: Kristen, who is your first pick? My first pick is Bob
1: Odenkirk for Better Call Saul. He's been nominated before. He was nominated last year. Another great season for him. He's really, like, his performance is incredibly good. I hope that one of these days he wins, Uh, but I think he will at least get a nomination again this year.
0: All right. My second round pick is Kit Harington from Game of Thrones, who probably had more screen time than any other actor on Game of Thrones this year. He had that memorable moment where he killed Daenerys. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. At any rate, he's the heart and soul of the show. And I think the show is going to get a ton of nominations, including one for him.
2: Okay.
1: I am going to go with Paul Giamatti from Billions.
0: Kristen, bring us home.
1: I think this is Billy Porter's this is his chance. I think he, you know, he killed it at the Tonys, which was uh, when he did the impromptu uh, karaoke in between uh, commercial breaks. And by the way, voting was still going on at the time. And I think, you know, he, every single run uh, red carpet, he's, you know, one of the most photographed because he uh, is somebody who really knows how to put on a show and he's fantastic on Pose. So I think if anyone has a, a chance in the acting categories from Pose, I think it's him. So I'm going to say Billy Porter.
0: I actually agree with you 100%, Kristen. Like, he's so in the zeitgeist right now. And as you said, he's had these big moments while people have been voting for Emmys. So I think he may get it. All right, I'm going to do a quick let me plead for... Um, the person I'd love to see sneak into this category is actually Julia Roberts' co-star on Homecoming, Stephen James, who is just extraordinary as a war wounded vet who comes back to this facility that Julia is running and they become personally involved. And to hold your own against Julia Roberts is a huge, huge feat. And this guy is just incredibly, incredibly skilled and full of charisma. And I think he's going to have an amazing career. Um, Either of you have any let let me plead for us?
1: No, I don't. My plead for is Billy Porter, but I just moved him from plead for to picking him in the draft.
0: Great. So our nominees are Kit Harington, Billy Porter. Richard Madden, Bob Odenkirk, Sterling K. Brown, and Paul Giamatti. I like that list.
1: I think it's a good list. I mean, this is a jam-packed category, but I I feel good about our our picks.
0: Fair enough. All right, up next, we're going to be talking about supporting actor in a drama, so stay tuned for that. Hey, and welcome back to The Awardist. I'm Henry. I'm here with my friends and colleagues, Lynette and Kristen. We are going to be tackling Best Supporting Actor in a Drama. Kristen, can you take us through some of the previous winners and last year's nominees?
1: Sure. So some of the previous winners in 2013, it was Bobby Cannavale for Boardwalk Empire. 2014, Aaron Paul for Breaking Bad. 2015, Peter Dinklage for Game of Thrones. 2016 for was Ben Mendelsohn for Bloodline, and 2017, John Lithgow, that was for The Crown. And then last year's nominees, we had Nikolai Kosterwaldo for Game of Thrones, Joseph Fiennes for The Handmaid's Tale, David Harbour for Stranger Things, The Patink, Mandy Patinkin for Homeland, Matt Smith for The Crown, and the winner was Peter Dinklage, The Dink, for Game of
0: Thrones. Lynette, Talk to us a little bit about some context in this category, Um, what's some of the history of it?
2: Well, the last time a network actor won in this category, it's kind of sad, it was in 2008, it was the wonderful Michael Emerson for Lost, very deserving, but 2008, my goodness, Uh, an African American actor has never won in this category, if Dinklage wins this year, he'll be the first back to back winner since Ray Walston in 95 96. For picket fences. Wow. Okay. So until 1970, supporting actors in dramas and comedies competed against each other in this category, which is just ridiculous. That's so unfair. Art Carney from the Jackie Gleason show, Don Knotts from Henry's favorite, the Andy Griffith show, and Aaron Paul are the most awarded in this category. Actors from *Hill Street Blues* have been nominated 16 times in this category, the most of any show. That's What a great thing for Bochco. Uh, That's followed by 15 nominations for L.A. Law and 14 for the West Wing.
0: All NBC shows, which I thought was kind of interesting.
2: Peter Dinklage has the most nominations in this category with seven, followed by six for Ed Begley Jr., Will Gear, remember him as Grandpa Walton in those overalls, Jimmy Smits, and Bruce Whites.
0: Are you all ready for some trivia? 1991 was a great year for TV and for this category. Who won the Emmy for Best Supporting Actor in a Drama? Was it David Clennon, who played Miles on 30 Something? Richard Dysart, who played Leland McKenzie on L.A. Law, Jimmy Smits, who played Victor Sefuentes on L.A. Law, Timothy Busfield, who played Elliot on 30-something, or Dean Stockwell, who played Al on Quantum Leap? Uh,
2: I, this is a trick question. I got to gotta
1: go Quantum Leaping. I'm going to go with Quantum Leap because it's like the craziest answer.
0: Unfortunately, this is where, and where the answer isn't that crazy. It was Timothy Busfield, who played Elliot on 30-something, who is so well-deserved. True or false, an actor from the TV show Heroes has been nominated in this category.
2: True. Who would it have been? Coleman. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Jack yeah. Coleman. Yeah. Is that your answer? You are correct, but incorrect. So yes, an actor was nominated. It was not Jack Coleman. It was Massey Oka, who played Hero in 2007, who was, in my view, one of the most annoying characters on that show. All right. Next question. Which actors from Lost were nominated in this category?
2: Michael Emerson.
0: Yes. Terry. Terry Quinn. Yep. And
1: then um, Sawyer.
0: Sawyer did not, unfortunately. I don't think you're going to get this last one, which is okay, because I didn't remember it either. It was Naveen Andrews. All right. Next question. True or false, Charlie's Angels is an Emmy-nominated show in this category.
1: True. I feel like they nominated Bosley. (laughs)
0: Kristen, you are correct. In 1977, they nominated Bosley. So when we talked last week about how Kate Jackson was the only, whether she was the only actress nominated, I didn't want to spoil it. So Bosley was nominated in 1977. Lastly, in modern times, actors from one TV show got all five slots one year. What show was it? Uh, L.A. Law. Close. Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues got it in 1982. All right, it's time to move on to our draft picks for this category. Kristen, I think it's your turn to go first. Um, Who would you like to see nominated in the Best Supporting Actor for a Drama category?
1: You know what? Okay, I'm going to choose somebody that I'm really excited to be nominated and I think should be nominated and will. um, Bobby Cannavale from Homecoming. His character is completely nuts in that he's just this very fast-talking, aggressive, he's always on the phone. He's an executive from some kind of shadowy organization that is running the uh, homecoming uh, facility. And he's always on the phone with Julia Roberts. And he's like, oh, when he's on the phone, he's like lost on the golf course, or he's weaving through the parking lot. like, but he's incredibly funny and intense. And uh, the final moments with his character uh, in that season are great. And he's always a little bit of a, a surprise in these categories, but I think he'll get one.
0: I agree with you completely. He's sort of an Emmy favorite. And rightfully, so and he was so good in that show. All right, Lynette,
2: I am rooting for Nikolai uh, from A Game of Thrones. He just he just melted my heart this season. We we obviously saw the romantic empathetic side to him especially with that you know aforementioned nighting moment with Gwendolyn Christie's character but he also faced his truth this season when he broke Brienne's heart and said he's got to go back to Cersei and that was a very real moment for his character too I and, and you and yet still still I rooted for him for I rooted for his character so I I I'm not only hoping hoping for the nomination I also want that win.
0: I'm going to go with my less obvious for the next two picks and leave you for the most obvious one. I want to see Kieran Culkin get into this category so badly. He played such a, uh, such a louche a-hole on Succession and was so ridiculously good at it. He was my favorite part of the show. I didn't know that he had it in him. It was such a surprise performance. And I think that show is going to come away with a bunch of acting nominations. And I think his is going to be one of them. I highly recommend it as a binge if you haven't found it already. It's on HBO, on HBO On Demand, I'm sure. But I'd love to see Kieran Culkin in this category.
1: My choice is Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones. He's obviously a favorite, and people love him no matter what they may have thought of the final season. So I think he's he's definitely a front runner again. You know, I feel like the pickings a little slim after this. Uh, there are definitely a lot of candidates. I'm gonna go with. Giancarlo Esposito from Better Call Saul. I think you're right in that, like, he, you know, this is a prequel to Breaking Bad, but he's playing the same character, Gus Fring, and people certainly loved him in that role. I feel like it's sort of to the show's detriment that they gave so much of Uh, the story this past season to Gus and his operation, but he's not because he's a bad performer. It's just, uh, I'd prefer to see other things, but I think people love him in this role. So I think he has a good shot at it.
0: You know, I'm not passionate about anyone left on this list, except for my let me plead for. So I'm going to go straight to that and say, um, come on, Emmy voters, can you please consider Delroy Lindo, who plays Adrian Bozeman on The Good Fight? It takes a lot to act against Christine Bransky, and he does so with a plum and skill and his character is funny and rich and deep, and he's almost become some of the a backbone of that show. He's incredibly, incredibly entertaining. Also a secret Brit. You would never know that he has that accent.
1: He's always the voice of reason on that show, um, but he also is able to tune in to the sort of, you know, off-kilter humor that, and, and sort of craziness that is always happening in their law firm. So, yeah, he's fantastic.
0: Well, then our final list is um, Delroy Lindo, just because uh, Giancarlo Esposito, uh, Nicolai Koster-Walder, Kieran Culkin, Bobby Cannavale, and Peter Dinklage. That's going to do it for this episode of The Awardist. Thank you so much for joining us. We are going to be back next week with an extra special show. Um, We are going to be back with our Emmy nominations reaction show. Um, That's the week of July 16th. We'll be talking about all of the snubs, surprises, the things that brought us joy, Lynette lamenting that Outlander is not nominated again. Um, We will have all of it, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can find back episodes in your friendly neighborhood podcast store. And please leave us a rating or a comment because we take them very seriously and welcome your feedback. Uh, that's going to do it for now. Thank you so much.